We're all ready to uh, chat. Chat about the Christ, apparently. You know I use that word a lot, and I, I'll tell you why I do. It's because for the longest time, I didn't know what it was. I, you know, it was all but Jesus' last name for me. I, I, I grew up not understanding that sort of thing. It was used often as a weapon for, to, to get me to behave, and uh, as, as was God. But I, I didn't fear God the way I was confused about, around uh, Christ and Jesus. And, but it, the, Christ, the Christ is the true Son of God. Not Jesus, but the Christ is the true Son of God. The Christ is an aspect of mind, and it is the highest mind. In unity, we also call it the superconscious mind, uh, the quickened mind, Holy Spirit. We use different words for it depending on how we want to feel and how we want to think. And I, I was in England several years ago on a unity trip. Back in 1999, I think it was 98. No, it was not, my goodness, 1998. No, it was 97. Doesn't matter, does it? So back in 1997, I went on a Unity trip. It was my first year in Unity. And we were at Stonehenge. And somebody, I think it was the minister we were with, said that it was rumored that Jesus had gone there during his lost years. Now, I have no idea if that's true or not, but I felt it connected, a connection to Jesus at that moment. But I felt a connection to Jesus in his higher elevated state. And I wanted to be in that same higher elevated state. And so to do that, I, I wasn't about studying Jesus. It may have been about studying his teachings, but it was about studying what is it that made him tick? And it was the Christ. It was the Christ awakening, even though he didn't have that word. He, it was that awakening. And uh, today's talk I called, What Can We Expect from Our Christ Practice? And I'll tell you what we can expect. And that is uh, peace. We can expect peace. Early on in my healing, before I came to Unity, I remember this big man stood in a room I was in at the front, and he, sa he said, I like to say he said it to me, but he said it to all of us, that uh, God has better things in store for you than anything you could ever imagine. And I thought, wow, because I can imagine some pretty wild stuff. But I thought, even better than that, because the one thing I could not imagine was serenity. I couldn't picture serenity. I thought if I got the cars I wanted and the money I wanted and the, the whatever else I wanted uh, at my convenience without any responsibility, then I, I, you know, I imagined serenity from that even though I didn't have that word. But isn't that why we want so much stuff? You think once I get this, then I'll be at peace. And once I get this, oh, then I'll be happy and peaceful. And once I get this, it is never ever brings peace longer than a moment. For me, it's mostly through acquisition that I get a moment of peace. Having, excuse me, having stuff never, I don't think, brings me peace. And, and so at least not stuff of the world. Uh, and so if the peace, you see, is not something I get, it's something I experience. It's something innate within me when I allow it to be revealed or manifested from within. And so so with that, so what can I expect from my Christ practice? And what is a Christ practice? Christ practice actually is seeing all beings equal. That's what the Christ practice is. It's seeing all men, women, children, universally wide, 
as equal. That there is no difference between us in spirit. And that that, that was Jesus' goal for himself, was to forgive all beings, or at least experience all be, uh, the forgiveness for all beings in spite of their confusion. When he says, follow me, what he's telling everybody is, forgive everybody, it's the only way in. It is the only way into peace, into joy, into what God is. It is the only one way in to a completely immersive experience of God, or whatever you choose to call that, that, that we call it God here at Unity, because it's an easy way to communicate. And so, the only, is this the only way in? And so Kenneth just saying, what if I believe Christ in me? It doesn't say, what if I believe Jesus in me? It says, what if I believe Christ in me? The same bright light, it's, it is the Christ in me that does the works. Jesus said, it is the Father within, but it is the awakened mind within me. Because remember, Jesus didn't have the word Christ. So it is the Father within, it is the Christ within that does the works. And so I need to spend a great deal of my day thinking in Christ terms and how I would uh, awaken that. And if I ha don't know how to awaken it, how would I become willing to see it awakened in me? and experience it so that I could then witness it in my brothers and sisters, whether they're yet witnessing it in themselves. Have you ever had anyone, any friend, even a stranger, who witnessed lighting you that you didn't even know existed? Lots of people have done that for me. Lots and lots of people over the years, especially back in the early stages of my healing, they knew there was a light in me that I wasn't aware of. They knew. And, and even now, I mean, there are people who they see things about me, see good in me that I have forgotten about, that so for some reason I, I, I became unwilling to express. And when I see it mirrored back to me, it lifts my mind and it lifts my day. It's like, oh, I forgot. Thank you so much for reminding me. And then I have to go off on my own and say, what if I believed? What if I believed Christ in me awakened now? What if I believed it without question? And, uh, and to believe it to me, here's the thing, thing is uh, if I believe it, I have no fear of God. And when, when I believe Christ awakened in me, there's no such thing as hell. That's just something man created to punish man and use God as the wrath maker, which really stinks when it comes down to it. Uh, that uh, man has, says, I believe in God and all the good that God is, but then uses God to torture people. That uses God to send people to an imaginary hell. It's not unlike parents using Santa Claus to torture their children. And, and so to, that's not nice, is it? A parents using Santa Claus to torture their children, but that's what happened with me. I mean, I, if you're not good, you don't get anything for Christmas. Well, what a lousy way of manipulation. What if parents now started saying, you are good. You can't not be good. You are a beloved child of God. You have nothing in truth to fear, but if you're still afraid, let me hold you through it. Let me embrace you. Let, let me 
think about my own fears and how there's nothing to fear. We'll get through this together. Imagine if parenting were like that on a regular basis for all beings. And I believe it's possible to do that. But you see, I'm not sure it has to be seen in the Christ light first, the children or the parents. And maybe not first, maybe both do. And that's yours and my job. We have to start seeing ourselves uh, as God's beloved children so that we can look around and see each other. And so that means a lot of our conversations are going to have to change. Our uh, superior attitude about people who behave poorly, that's going to have to change. That's going to have to shift. And I'm going to, let me read this first from the uh, book of Ephesians in the Holy Spirit's interpretation of the New Testament. And it's uh, Ephesians chapter 3, and it says, Through Christ all are bound together. So remember, Christ is the Son of God. It's not through Jesus all are bound together. It's through Christ. Are, are all are bound together, and there is no separateness. And this is the law of love. This is what you are. You are inseparable from it. When you think you are thinking alone, you are not. Your thoughts, which are heard by your brothers and sisters, are answered through them. This is the law of love. This is why all things are love. Only love exists. Every experience that is given you is unequivocally the gift of love given an answer to your request for love. And so what we have to understand here as spiritual beings and hopefully adult children of God is that love will give me back what I ask for. And if this is what I'm getting back, even though I didn't know I asked for it, that's what I asked for, and it was given back in love. Your life is mirroring to you what you are asking for. My life is mirroring to me what I am asking for. And I've had some rude awakenings. I've had some really uncomfortable awakenings and not real. oh, this is what I asked for. This is what I see when I go unconscious. When, when, you know, when I overeat, when I overindulge, when I overspend, when I ever overthink, when I ever over-tune out. And then suddenly what I get back are the very things I never wanted, believe me. I never wanted them. And, and, and it's like, oh, this must be what I've been asking for. It's not that I'm, I'm being given something I don't like as a punishment it's not that I'm being given it out of randomly. That's the word. I, I'm not being offered my life randomly. My life is reflecting what I am consciously or unconsciously asking for. Now, here's what you have to remember if you want to be kind to yourself is what you're getting back is being given in love. It's not being given in hate. It's not being given back in, I don't like you. It's being given back in, and someone said, but what about children? And I'll say, I don't know. You know, children who are abused, I don't know. I don't know what they asked for before they came here. I don't know what I asked for before I came here. But if I did, if I asked for certain things before I came here, and it's likely I did for certain experiences, and I said, oh, well, Maybe I'll know better next time.
because I, I sure found some people I could identify with in my confusion. That's what I found. And I found myself as a child, an innocent child agreeing with the, the crazy that was in our house, the insanity, uh, the absence of the belief of Christ in me. That's what was in our house, the absence of the belief in Christ in me. They believed in Jesus Christ, but they feared it. And that's what they taught me, and I, uh, I didn't quite agree with that, but I sure agreed with the confusion. And, but that confusion all brought me here. So was it bad? Was it a bad thing that uh, for what everything it took to bring me here today, this morning, where I, uh, I want to know God even better than I've ever known God before, today? That could change by noon. But for right now, this morning, I want to know God better than I've ever known God before. I want to know the Christ awakened in me better than ever before. So, it says here, you perceive uh, yourself as a person, but you are not what you perceive yourself to be. You believe your thoughts are private and have no effect beyond the brain you see as yours. All of this is illusion and a misunderstanding of what you are. If you want to see that reflected, make a post on Facebook and see who agrees with you and who disagrees with you, perhaps vehemently. And you'll see how fast your thoughts affect others. Uh, you are being made in God's image through the process of creation that is God. In this way, you are the same as God. The process that you are is what you are. It is your truth. It is how you live and exist. What you do through your mind is made and created not alone, but in conjunction through oneness with your brothers and sisters. And you, one might say, how could God let this happen to me? And it's like, oh my goodness, how could I allow myself to do to God what I have done? And I'll tell you how I've done it to God, by doing it to myself, by doing it to my brothers and my sisters. That's how I've also done it to God. Now, God is not saying, ouch. God is not offended. If God is wisdom and understanding itself, then there's no thought, how could they do this to me? But over here, I mean, if God could think, God would say, oh, wait, they'll get it. Because I can't lose. Everyone, at some point, is going to be happy, joyous, and free. I don't know yet what it was going to take to get there. But, because God is not a psychic. God is knowledge and intelligence itself. And, and so to, to look at that and say, oh my goodness. So he, now we come back to, if I, if I don't want to keep doing this to God and myself and my brothers and my sisters, what am I going to do? How am I going to change this? And the thing, oh, Jesus gave us two commandments. Jesus in his Christ awakening, two commandments. Love God, which means love the law. Love the Lord your God. Love the law, divine law. And love your neighbor as yourself. And I think some of us love our neighbors better than we love ourselves. And that's kind of painful to realize. And so I uh, want to find a way to love my neighbors, my brothers, my sisters, as much as I want to love God. 
as much as. And I read this in 1 John chapter 5 of this. The symbol of seeing Jesus as the Christ is the same as seeing all brothers and sisters as the Christ. For the seeing that recognizes the Christ is not without, but it is within. When you see the Christ is you, you see the Christ is everyone and everything. When you see the Christ in anyone, you also see the Christ in you. This is what is meant by transcend or overcome the world. Excuse me. This is what is meant by transcend or overcome the world. It is when you see the world and yet you see beyond the world so that you know what it is that you see and you're no longer fooled by images of the world. To understand this is to understand everything and to understand everything is to love everything. There is no judgment when you see through the eyes of God. For through the eyes of God, you see nothing to judge. You see only perfection, and you know the perfection you see is God. The other day, David and I were invited somewhere. And there's a person that was going to be there that has not been our favorite person, and really for no good cause. This person's done nothing really but be antisocial. And we really were going to be at two events with this person. And I said, David... We have to love this person. We have to learn how to love this person rather than judge this person because it's not helping us. It doesn't help him at all either. But it really does, it does not help us to go to a place and decide not to like someone. Decide to place them outside the kingdom. There are no real benefits to that that I'm aware of. We will, if we, we're claiming the peace and joy that God is, that God's will for me is to be happy, joyous, and free, to love God, love my neighbor as myself, then we can't place someone out, deliberately place someone outside the kingdom. And we may not have realized we were doing that, but we were judging them because we weren't comfortable with who we saw them as. I don't remember ever once asking this person, where do you come from? I don't remember ever engaging this person because... We perceived uh, his behavior as off-putting to our grandiosity. And so now I pray, show me. Christ in me beholds the Christ in you. So I want to read this last part. There's a song written by, a poem really, written by Frank Whitney of Unity. And this song is called, I Behold the Christ in You. We always sing it at christenings here, special events. And the lyrics say, I behold the Christ in you. Here the life of God I see. I can see a great peace too. I can see you whole and free. I behold the Christ in you. I can see this as you walk. I see this in all you do. I see this as you talk. I behold God's love expressed. I can see you filled with power. I can see you ever blessed. See Christ in you, hour by hour. I behold the Christ in you. I can see that perfect one. Led by God in all you do. I can see God's work is done. Reverend Tom Thorpe 
taught this in a class at Unity called uh, The Christ in the Bible. He suggests we memorize this. So I'm going to put it in this coming Wednesday's newsletter so that uh, everyone has a chance to learn this. You can also look it up online. If you have a Unity Wings in Song songbook, it's in that. Kenneth's going to sing the song in a minute, but I, I want to reiterate this. I behold the Christ in you. Here's the life of God I see. Will you please picture someone that you've had difficulties with and place yourself next to them so that you can re recite this to yourself and this person. And if you want to put five people in a circle and see yourself in that circle with them, 10 people, 100 people, how, many, how big is your circle of, of people you've placed outside the kingdom? And to do this in trust, in faith, that there's no absence of God here. There's love. And the universe is universal love. I behold, so get in your circle, and, uh, and if you just want to say it to each other, as you listen to me mentally say it, because I doubt you have it memorized, but if you do, say it if you're in the room with somebody. I behold the Christ in you. Here the life of God I see. I can see a great peace too. I can see you whole and free. I behold the Christ in you. I can see this as you walk. I see this in all you do. I can see this as you talk. I behold God's love expressed. I can see you filled with power. I can see you ever blessed. See Christ in you hour by hour. I behold the Christ in you. I can see that perfect one. Led by God in all you do, I can see God's work is done. And so it is. Amen. I behold the Christ in you. Hear the life of God I see. I can see a great peace too. I can see you whole and free. I behold the Christ in you. I can see this as you walk. I see this in all you. I behold God's love expressed. I can see you filled with power. I can see you ever blessed. See Christ in you hour by by God in all you do I can see